Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. everyone and welcome to Rule the Roost podcast. I'm your host, The Trunk, and I'm joined by Raj Baines. Hi, Raj Baines. How are you? Are you auditioning for some sort of CBBC show or something at the minute? The last, last, last chance saloon I'm in there, mate. You sound as like... You said, uh, as you so- said to me a few weeks ago, rather cattily when you were pissed... I've peaked too early and I'm running, <laughs> I'm, I'm running out of opportunities or something. So, Was I pissed? You know. I think you were pissed. I'll, 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 I like to think that you were. No, I think I was just being honest, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you haven't seen nothing yet, mate. <laughs> there's, there's life in this old dog. You sounded like uh, that, um, that that one that I always suspected being a paedophile, but for legal reasons... Oh, please, no proof must, of being... must, must I be... T- uh, I, I don't like that you've gone from talking about me and my career aspirations to then talking about paedophiles. Does this no, do you know have that to be one a segue? Off- do you know that one off CBBC, um, Mr. Tumble, who does all the the sign language and that? He used to be on when my sister were a, a baby, um, but I think he's still quite big. I think he does the voice for um, Sean the Sheep, actually. He's the bloke that does that, Justin, whatever his name is. But he does this weird, very, like a clown that only speaks in sign language, and he's fucking weird. He's, I swear he's he's going to get done by U-Tree. Um, but again, I have no proof for that. So if his lawyers are listening, um, uh, that's that's just my inclination rather than any proof being behind that. You can hear chuckling away in the background there as well. Sebastian, I believe it is, we have to say. Contractually obliged to say Sebastian. Stafford Bloor, how are you doing, sir? I'm OK, mate. That, that laughter was actually nervous because I think we're all going to be hit with a lawsuit within a couple of days. Nice, nice start, Rog. Yeah, we've we've said worse than that. Yeah, but not as sort of yeah, not as libelous as that. Let's talk about football, shall we? Let's talk about football and no, let's have an argument and a breakdown <laughs> for another half an hour. Can we do that? All right then. I don't mind doing that. I'll, I'll uh, you two are going to fuck off to you, Max, it soon, anyways. Are you annoyed that we recorded a podcast without you? I I, I tell you, I, I actually no, I, I'm I'm more of a uh, rule the roost loyalist now <laughs> than I was last night. I found um, it was it was too serious, Raj. It was I'm not a um, I can write about serious stuff, but when I'm asked to to talk about it, I um, I don't know, I clam up a little bit. I didn't I didn't have Jack's soothing direction in the background to, to guide me through it. So no, it just means you, did, you didn't have someone that looked more stupid than yourself <laughs> basically that's that's what i read from that Seb. no it was it was it was because i i was um notice how he skirts over that one very no 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 I, i'm <laughs> coming back to that one no 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 we're getting back to it i um raj sent me the running order for that last night and um and i i had a, a, an article to finish so i was kind of 
doing my, my Sunday after the Sunday evening bit. And um, I thought, okay, well, I'll have a glance at the running order at, at 10 minutes before, and it'll be the, the normal kind of rule the roost stuff, you know, which don't, you don't have to really think about. You just, you know, it's kind of impulsive. So I finished my article, sent off to, um, to the publisher, uh, to the editor even, and um, I open up this running order. And the first question is this incredibly heavy, serious discussion about the, the, the stuff that went on in, um, in Paris with those Chelsea fans. And it's a, it, it, it just a nightmare. I wasn't even close to being prepared. I've never been more nervous recording a podcast than I was, uh, was with that one. Did you, uh, did you find yourself sort of almost trying to defend them? Were you like, well, maybe, maybe someone needs to play devil's advocate on this one? No, no, because the the the, um, the running orders that that Raj produces for the Max podcast are very professional. They are at least four or five levels up from what I do here. Um, so you're kind of guided, but it was in that kind of topic. Everyone has their feelings, and everyone, anybody reasonable is obviously you know appalled by what went on in Paris. But when you're asked to sort of ad lib your way through that conversation, it's just um, yeah, it's unnerving. You don't want to say something. You know, you don't, you don't want to be clumsy or you don't want to be inarticulate because, you know, it's an important topic. So I was um, I was caught off guard. I must say, having to chair a conversation like that while trying to, like, move through other people's opinions isn't the easiest job in the world either because, like, I wanted to sit there and just go, these fucking bellends are all just, you know... Well, we can do that now. Lock them away and yeah, we throw them apart yes. and whatnot <laughs> rather than just, you know having to try and stay somewhat like professional while other people are giving their opinion and then move on to some sort of having to do a segue from that discussion about racists on a train to Tottenham in the league on a, on a podcast isn't the easiest thing you've ever had to do. So it was a, uh, it's, it's, if anyone wants to listen to it, we've tweeted about it. So after you've listened to this much better, much more professional broadcast, you can, uh, you can listen to our, uh, our side, uh, project. Fuck it, don't listen to it. Fuck I'm, I'm not in it. You know, you're only listening for me anyway, so uh, don't bother. I'm not going back either. So no. <laughs> West Ham, West Ham. Um, we're going to talk about Fiorentina with Blair, so we're going to leave it out this bit. We've spoken to Blair Dunlop. We've actually already recorded that, even though this is the intro. Um, fourth wall breaking. There is no fourth wall. We perform this in the round. Um, it's like Birdman. It's just a constant no cuts. You can see everything happening. West Ham, they 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 can probably feel slightly aggrieved. I don't I I I, I don't think they can feel aggrieved about a penalty decision. I think it was a penalty. Personally, we we all agreed it's a penalty. Your immediate reaction was a was that it uh, was a it was a dive, wasn't it, Seb? Yeah, I I saw it, and I think we've brought this up before. When when Kane goes to ground in the box, he has a little habit of splaying his legs in a kind of Ashley Young motion and so I saw that and I, I, I texted you guys and um but then I think if you watch it back I think the telling thing about that incident is Alex Song's reaction he knows he knows exactly what he's done he's, when, when, when a um when a defender's being you know done by a diving forward you, there's a very you, know, you, can, you can clearly tell um but he um he knew and um I don't I don't really... Also, I don't really... I, Sam Allardyce had a little bit of a meltdown after that game and he was talking about sort of the morality of you know, his, his West Ham side and the way they play their game, which, is, which rankled a little bit because firstly, it was a penalty. And secondly, like for the second time of the season, um, if you guys remember, about sort of 70, 75 minutes into that game, um, Soldado and James Tompkins had a bit of a, a coming together and for the second time in the season, Tomkins throws himself to the floor, holds his face, and rides around on the ground. 
And it's just like if you're—he did the same thing up at Everton. Actually, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember um, who the Everton player involved was, but it was just shocking. You just—you can't. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm tiring a little bit of sort of one-eyed managerial nonsense, especially from Allardyce. To, to coin a uh, Raj Baines original, he's just—he's becoming a bit of a Poundland Mourinho, isn't he? Yeah, he's—he's yeah, yeah, yeah. just—he's such a twat. Like, I really. There was, I don't know, there was, a, there was a funny part of me many years ago, that sounds a bit dodgy, but there was a funny part of me many years ago that almost had a, I don't know, a soft spot for Sam Allardyce when he was at Bowie. Yeah, I've never really liked his football and he's always been quite a gruff character, but still there was something, I don't know, fairly likeable about him. But nowadays he just seems to become such an embittered kind of self-serving twat uh, everything's like that in, in interrupting Pochettino's press conference yesterday you know alright okay so you get a few banterous vines out of it but who, who shows a fellow professional that little respect to do that to them you know I just think it's it's completely outrageous and it just it smacks of that typical paranoia and whatever he has against foreign managers I I'm not I'm not saying oh he's a racist or anything like that but you know as you guys were talking about last week he does have that noted kind of paranoia of being an English manager and being overlooked for that and it, it, that's just what it said to me kind of coming into Pochettino's press conference and heckling him throughout it it's it's a man that says I'm above all this I can do what I want and it's just fucking turn it in you fat cunt just go home you know like you you didn't win. Big deal. Boo-hoo. Get over it. You know, it also, I, I, I listened to his press conference and all his range of different excuses. And it's a classic example of why he's not managing. That game last yesterday, a great example of why he's not managing at a high level. Because if you've got a 2-0 lead, um, if, you, if, you, if you rewatch it and look at sort of what happens to West Ham after Noble gets substituted. And I know he was on a yellow card, but, you know, it's a, it's a pretty normal situation for a centre midfielder. Um, and all of a sudden, he had all the all the um, momentum West Ham had because they, they 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 deserved to be two up after seventy minutes. They, they, there was no yeah. um, there was no travesty yeah. about that. And he, he just surrendered all the um, all the initiative. And all of a sudden, you know, we're having unopposed possession on the halfway line and throwing the ball, you know, back and back and back at them. And ultimately, if you're if 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 that's the result of a, of a managerial decision of a tactical decision. And you then go and throw away a two-goal lead um, within the space of twenty minutes. Well, in the space of ten, really. Then you just you shuffle out of the door and you don't make your excuses. You you own up to it and take ownership of 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 the mistake. And I just I don't know. It's just he's got a he's got so much previous for that. You'll take all the cra- all the praise when it's going. Take his bow in front of the press. You know, as he did with Villas Boas the year before. But when when something's gone wrong, nowhere to be seen. You know, there's no there's no uh, yeah. Winston Reid had a had a fairly decent game. I know you lads were kind of you know you were sort of fairly non-committal about him last week. Um, were you impressed by him at all? Because there are still a lot of links. Um, I mean, a lot of people seem to believe it's a done deal actually that he's coming to Tottenham in the summer. A few ITKs, if you like. Um, did he stand out for you at all on the weekend? Cause he, he, he did put in a fairly decent performance. Not really for me. Um, I don't think he's he's that good. I think he's just a better player in an average side, um, almost like Phil Jagielka was at Sheffield United. He's that sort of uh, player where he'll perhaps go to a, a team that's a level above what West Ham are and be competent there, but he's never going to be 
as good as Vertonghen is on his days, he's not got the potential that Dyer has long term. And I wouldn't want to see us sacrifice the potential of that partnership for somebody like him. I think if he if he was to be brought in and he was happy with the understanding that he was nothing more than a, a squad rotation player, um and just a very good quality of squad rotation player, then I'd I'd be happy with that move by all means. But I'm not entirely sure whether or not he's gonna he's gonna buy into that or not because obviously he's He's got some level of uh, of ambition, given that he's going to be leaving what is a, a quite a cushy little role at West Ham, guaranteed Premier League football and and a half decent wage there to try and you know chance his arm at a different club in a, a almost similar manner to what Vorm has done from Swansea because he's he had again had a had a pretty much nailed down first team role there and he's come knowing that he's got one of the best keepers in league ahead of him but he wants to to sample and I think he said this pretty much outright that he wanted to sample what it was like inside the environment and a much larger club and a much larger setup so we're obviously going to be losing probably Kirakesh will go um I'm slightly disappointed about that one because I think he's very best he's he's got the potential to be as good as a Vertonghen because he's got something I, I'm not sure what it is about him maybe it's a little bit of a, a sense of maverick but he's got a little bit something special in him I'm sure and um, he's, he's just because he's his injuries have caught up with him and he's he's been a bit daft with his decision making and things he's he's let himself down but he may be going because he's he's got that sort of agent where if he's not playing he's, he wants to be getting a fee out of him and um Kabul's pretty much as good as gone to be honest. He's he's not really in the squad anymore. He's he's not really a fixture in the team. He's he's all but had the captaincy stripped of him. And we we were trying to bandy him about and and send him wherever we could on transfer deadline day. So it's uh, centre back's definitely a position we're going to be needing a player or two in in the summer. So he, he's going to be as good as anyone else. Um, I'm not particularly enthralled by it but you know there's there's worse out there the game as a whole yeah there is there's a squad option yeah um the game as a whole i think west ham should be completely and utterly ashamed of themselves because in the position they were in at the time frame and they were in in that match there's no way that they should be losing a two-way a tuna lead and and bottling it in the manner they did um penalty or no penalty they, they shouldn't have been in that position um the, the, I think I read a statistic as well that that's the first time under Allardyce that West Ham have surrendered a tuna lead and, and not got a point out of it, not got a, a win out of a situation where they've had a, a two goal lead in place. So I think that's the, the thing that we take out of it rather than the, the dodgy performance because it, that's what it was essentially from Tottenham it, for, for over an hour. It, it's the mentality that Pochettino has created now there's a mental rigidity there a mental toughness that I don't think I've ever seen from a Tottenham side before there were there's so much belief and so much desire to get back into that game and I know these are sort of buzzwords but that you know you can't really describe them and such a positive mentality because that that game had it been played under previous regimes or even a season ago or maybe even at the start of the year they would have just taken a two nil or a two one and, and said, "Oh, it's it's not been our day. We've lost this one." But they they went to the to the very last minute, and the, you know, there's that clip of Harry Kane at full time whispering to himself, uh, "Never fucking give up," and and it's just that I love that that, that belief that. That that little bit of spirit and tenacity and things is almost in the image of of what Pochettino was as a player himself, and it's clearly what he's trying to instill as a manager. So I think that's a massive positive, especially with the week that we've got coming up with two massive games. You need that level of self belief, and and 
will to win and and you know winning mentality in place to to get through that. Otherwise, it's you, you know you see that the the feet ahead of you and you, you sort of crumble. And I don't think Tottenham are the, the you know traditionally we've been called soft centred and whatnot and a bit woolly southerners, but it's not really the case anymore. And and that's possibly Pochettino's biggest achievement since coming to the club. No, oh, I love him. I love him. Um, but we are in a, a season-defining period now, and one in which people could, by the end of this week, be calling for Pochettino's head. I think there are a few already. Best ignored, but still, we've got Fiorentina, and we welcome back to the show, Mr. Blair Dunlop. <laughs> welcome back to the show, Mr. Blair Dunlop. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Thanks for having me on again. That's not too bad. Uh, not too bad. That's okay. I don't really know where I'm going with that. Um, this is a great start, isn't it? Yeah, really good start. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, we're actually we we've got a couple of a uh, couple of intruders on our on our private chat this time, Blair. Um, Raj and Seb have taken the time to join you. I think they just they want to get to know you a bit better. Um, so they've jumped in as well. Raj and Seb. Hello, lads. How you doing? Hi mate. It's more that it's more that I want to kind of create tangible proof that Blair and I are actually best mates. So you know, <laughs> it goes back to what I said in the last one that you know it's going to be um, I'm going to use this to my advantage. And Has it worked yet, sir? I've had the chance, to, mate. No, I, I um, if, if I was ten years younger, then I would have you know it'd have been the, the very next night in the middle of a weekday, straight out in the nearest bar I could find with my Blair Dunlop T-shirt. But um, as it as it as it is. <laughs> It's um, no, I haven't. Um, I don't lead an interesting enough life. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, don't that, leave, that's, I, I don't leave the house. No, that's the short answer to that question. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I love how you actually believe that wearing a Blair Dunlop T-shirt would 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 increase your chance of getting with someone because my, my profile really isn't as high enough for, to warrant that. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, but mate, that makes it cooler. That's yeah, a, I suppose, a, yeah, a, yeah, a little sort of strange. slight hipster appeal to it. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's kind of playing the enemy card. Okay, right, yeah. I, I was going for that. I mean, it's but the thing is, it, it, it's infinitely preferable to I don't know going out and like wearing a, a U two t shirt. Yeah, no, there's nothing about that that's preferable to that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. there you go. Have you have you tried wearing that to trunk t shirt I gave you yet? So was that? Yeah, people don't allow me into their bars with that on anymore. Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> it won't surprise me if you released your own merchandise in those. Yeah, that's a sort of a sort of. Or, or, or fellatio type thing that you do. I was only joking, but uh, anyway, um, let's move on. So, Fiorentina, right? What, what, what were your initial thoughts about Blair? Were you, you know, must have been all right for you being a one of these I support two clubs kind of people, even though you did hammer home the point that you are predominantly a Tottenham fan. Did you like the game? I did. Yeah, I went uh, with my girlfriend and my flatmate, and we had a we had a rare old time. Um, Park Lane Upper, but we missed. We actually missed the first five or ten minutes. So I missed Bobby's goal, which was pretty nuts. I was like, of all the games to miss the start of, this is probably not the one. But um, I have to say, um, by all accounts, like, like the, the very start of the game, Spurs on top, and what I saw the opening few minutes, Spurs were were all over Fiorentina, um, and then we saw Montella switch to the back four quite soon on. Uh, maybe like I, I don't know, maybe about twenty minutes in. I thought. Um, and from then on, I, I genu- genuinely thought Fiorentina were, were worthy of the, of the draw. Um, 
kind of fortunate goal from Basanta, but he's been getting quite a few goals uh, from, from set pieces recently. And uh, I thought they knocked it around really well in the second half. And, and maybe some Spurs fans and, and maybe even some Spurs players guilty of, of taking them a little bit lightly, which makes me feel great, obviously, because I said that they were a good team last week. United with Basanta, when, when he actually scored, people were desperate to try and make some type of banter gag on his name. <laughs> It just didn't. It just didn't work. You can see there's like bus banter, and you know, it just. Nah. Yeah. You set yourself up for a fall there, aren't you? It's just no. Yeah, I I didn't in any way try to make that work. Honest. It's because you're not clever enough to come. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know what? What, what would you have gone with, Baines? I wouldn't have made a joke that bad. <laughs> you know, I was gonna. I was gonna ask, ask Blair something actually. I am. Um, Is it for another free T-shirt? No, no, no. That's off. Uh, no, no. Not while we're recording, um, the the thing the, the the thing about Montello's tactical changes. What was interesting is I, I remember for to record the um, to do the running order for uh, for the, the preview to that game. I was sort of looking through um, the shapes Fiorentina had used, and you know in which kind of games Montello had gone for back three. And that first half an hour, it it came across as if they, they looked like a team who had never played with three centre backs before. So there was so much space down that right side for for, for Townsend, and Townsend absolutely roasted them in that um mm-hmm. in yeah. that in that opening period. It again, was so I'm strange. Sorry, mate. So I was just to butt in again. I was vindicated because you were saying Townsend. You said, "Oh, well, Jack said Raj wouldn't be too happy." He said Townsend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, I thought that, and yeah, exactly, yeah. No, I agree with you, Steb. Yeah, they, they looked absolutely all over the place. We were, I mean, we 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 were we were actually really guilty of um of of taking Fiorentina a bit lightly after the game had started because there was a bit of chat going around the um the WhatsApp group after mm-hmm. Soldado had scored, and it was just it looked like it was going to be over by half time. And then yeah. I I think that's in many ways it made Montella more impressive because to 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 make a change like that in the middle of a game against an opponent you don't play regularly and to, to, for it to be that effective is super impressive, I thought. Yeah, agreed on all of that, yeah, definitely. I don't agree with the Townsend point. I mean, I, I've not actually been that negative towards him this season. He's been <laughs> relatively good. In previous yeah. in previous seasons, I've been entirely correct in how terrible he's been. But <laughs> this season, he's he's been much better. His decision-making's getting a lot better. And he was, as you say, fantastic in that opening half an hour. I think it was about 20, 25 minutes in half an hour when Montella changed and went from a back three to a back four. Mm-hmm. We've actually had quite a lot of joy this season against back threes whenever we've played them. If you think about Hull and yeah. Liverpool even, in an attacking sense, we've done well against them. So it wasn't really too much of a surprise that we're getting you know, action in that, in that area of the field. And it was particularly good on, on Fiorentina's behalf to see Montella as, as such a young coach who's, who's not really been doing it too long to be able to change it so effectively, so quickly and not have that fear of being proactive that was um, the best part, I think. You know, the the, the goal wasn't really <laughs> even even a, a symptom of their defence, really. It was a, a corner and a set piece that was well worked. Um, I'm not entirely sure if Polina was aiming for Soldado or not, but it was uh, it was quite nice and, and equally odd to see two of our most maligned players combined <laughs> I for, for such that. a good goal. I, 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 uh, let's say this about, I mean, Polina, I'm not overly convinced by anything he's done in open play, but his set piece delivery is very good. I'm certainly better than Ericsson's. That's not necessarily a reason to play him, but it was, um, yeah, I thought it was, I mean, Ericsson, 
for someone who's as talented as he is, the amount of times he hits the first man from a corner is just startling. It's amazing. Modric used to do that, and yeah. he's, yeah. he's fantastic. Yeah, and Van der Vaart as well. Yeah, Van der Vaart. One of the worst, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, w- w- how do you see this one playing out in the second leg, Blair? I mean, are Fiorentina going to go for it? I think they're going to massively go for it. Um, I, internet was down uh, here yesterday, but I managed to like stream it on uh, my phone just about um, on the old 3G, I think it was, 4G. Um, but I could just... Are you talk- wrestling a donkey in the background there? <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you got some weird noises coming from, from my end? I think so. I don't know. I just had some sort of maniacal squeaking like, kind of sound. Oh, right. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'll try and, I'll try and keep that There down. we go. There we go again. Unless are, you, are you recorded in your Fifty Shades of Grey red room? <laughs> No, no, I'm just in my living room, actually, no, yeah. Uh, what what was the question again, Jack? Are they going to go for it? Are we going to go for it? Yeah. Yeah, massively, yeah, sorry, I got uh, sidetracked, yeah. I, I was watching <laughs> the, the the game with my phone uh, last night um, to, against Torino, which was really heartbreaking. It was like 85 minutes of uh, being um, kind of mediocre, really, and... and and Mohamed Salah popped up right at, the, right at the death with a nice little one-two slotted. And then two minutes later, Torino went right up the other end, 87th minute, and, and, and bagged. And it was too many men committed forward. And that is the thing with Fiorentina quite a lot of the time. It's uh, Montella really likes, obviously, this this three five two system um, in the league. And he, and he went for that um, uh, again, I think, to start with uh, yesterday. And uh, what what you, like again? They, they they got their goal from from uh, across in from from space down the right hand side. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Like uh, I've literally messed it up. You asked me a totally different question, and I've answered it with something totally irrelevant. Are they going to go for it? Yeah, um, there was a bit of rotation. Uh, That's how I answer every one of his questions. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, that asks the clearest questions anyway, mate, so it's all right, don't worry. Yeah, right, so are they going to go for it? Massively, they're going to go for it, yeah. Babacar came in and missed the penalty uh, yesterday and didn't have a particularly good game. He looked a threat, but I reckon you're probably going to see Gomez come back in. Uh, I would very be very surprised if, he, if Montella went back to the... Th- three at the back even at home but we'll see what happens there but um, Joaquin came on as a sub again probably resting him for the Spurs game came on down the right and looked uh, every bit the threat he did at White Hart Lane um, and yeah, I he was great at White Hart Lane he was the best player yeah I thought he was absolutely brilliant uh, like I said again he's he's got it a bit up there he's lost a bit of pace but he's really um, he knows how to exploit gaps uh, He's, he, I think he'd be a player I'd hate to play against um, partly because I'm awful anyway, but like, oh, he's just one of those people that would would know how to humiliate you and would use their their brain. And um, yeah, he looked fresh again yesterday, so I imagine he's gonna he's gonna play again on Thursday. What about you, lads? Do you do you? Yeah, we'll go we'll go to Seb's running order here. Um, I mean, should we be resting people for Sunday with this game, or should we be approaching both with the same? The same vigour, do you think? Seb's nicked that question off my running order from 24 hours beforehand. Um, oh, blimey. But, um, no, I, I, I'll let you two fight that one out. I, I'm, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure, to be honest. Um, I think there'll probably be a similar Europa League side. I imagine Soldado will start and, and probably Polino and 
and uh, maybe even Dembele. Um, but it's you know it's an odd one really with such a big game on the weekend and there only been 48 hours in between. There's no real um, win-win out of this one. It's just entirely down to the manager's discretion. I don't think there's there's a particularly um, favouring option either because there is the the thinking that if you were to play your best side at Fiorentina and get a result in an away European leg against a decent side, that sort of momentum and belief going into a cup final a couple of days later should hopefully give them the sort of winning mentality and belief in themselves that they clearly already have this season and, and can only help pronounce that even further. Um, but resting them, obviously, with a, a fitness sense in mind, given the... Uh, the sides of the Wembley pitch, given that the turf's notoriously shite and it's it's like running on you know heavy sand, so it, it they do get knackered a bit more because they you're having to do a tiny bit more work to get half as far on that that sort of ground. So it's um it's an interesting one really. I mean, cup finals are anom- an anomaly. It's a, it's a cliche to say, but it, it really does only boil down to what what really happens on the day. So. Um, it's it's his guess is as good as mine to be honest. Whoever he, whoever he plays is um, is is up to him because uh, Seb, Seb alluded to this the other day when I asked him a very similar if not identical question um, <laughs> when he said that you know it could be a a really really good week we could go through and we could win a cup or it could be a terrible week where we might not select the best possible side go out of a cup competition. And then lose a cup final as well, so it's um, it's high risk and high stakes. But I'm sure that's probably what you want at this stage in the season. So it's it's not a bad position to be in at all. I know I've I've pretty much sat on the fence for that, but there's no real definitive answer. Well, in, in response to me nicking your question from yesterday's running order, you've stolen my answer to that question. <laughs> See what I've got to put up with here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, if it's not this, if it's not this bickering, it's. Uh, <laughs> Rugby league chat. You know, I've got a, um, I've got a, an interesting little detail about the Wembley pitch because it, it, Roger's right, it's 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 bad and it always has been. Supposedly, they um, since I think about 2011, they've relayed it every four months at a cost of 150 grand. <laughs> yeah, so it's just such a damning indictment of, of it, isn't that kind of a like a, a symptom for? Basically everything associated with New Wembley and its construction and its because they, every four months they have those padded pricks from America coming to toss their ball about on it, so it's not really surprised that the pitch is getting fucked up when they're not playing football on it all the time. But then, Shite like, state, I hate Wembley. Oh, I, I hate, hate Wembley too. Oh, yo, yo, do you know I'm looking <laughs> out my window here and I'm, I can see the arches no further than 300 feet away, and and I'll take this really personally. This is my new home now. <laughs> Oh yeah, you, you wanted to you wanted to set up on that, didn't you? Yeah, man, I, I take massive umbrage with it. It's a beautiful area of culture and um, warehouses and stuff. So yeah. <laughs> it's far too close to Southall to be nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, is, it, is, it, is the arch more blue or more white at the moment, Blair? Have you seen honestly, this? Honestly, just give me three seconds. Okay. Yeah, I take it everyone's seen the. They're not. They're not painting it in real time. It's it's all dynamic lighting, though, Raj. No, no, no. We got that down south. It goes in and out. It's like at the minute it's white uh, with a massive Ed Sheeran head just underneath it. Um, But yeah, it's what it's it's white. So yeah, you're all being played. Those people who are tweeting Spurs at Wembley to try and get the thing turned white. Honestly, it's already white. So (laughs) I I tell you, the, the marketing that's gone around this final, like that that 
blue white arch thing. Yeah, that's so modern. But also, I just before we started recording, there's the Spurs website have um have uh, created a cut out and keep masks <laughs> for for ten of the players who might be involved on Sunday. No, you just think, oh dear, it's just it's just so it's so cynical. Mm. It's, um, I, don't know. I, find, I find it really hard. I know you've got me on to talk about Fiorentina. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'll just have a little dig up the Capital One Cup. Now, I can't believe that they're they're reducing that a, a cup final. I know it's a Capital One Cup final, but it's a, it's a cup final um, to, to these hashtags, and, and and you can actually influence the colour of the stadium. I thought the point of the stadium is for it to be neutral. I don't like the idea that the people who tweet the most will get their colours of their team on on the Wembley stadium. Does anyone else? Oh, find that? Agree. Not lads, that lads, lads! You've just got to trust guys that work in social media. Like they're, <laughs> they're just smarter than you. Okay, you know they they. they they know these things. If you blame, if you're the type of person that blames losing a cup final on what colour the arch is, then you're a bit of a dickhead anyway. So I don't no, really mind. It, it's, it's not. It's not about excuse mongering. It's, it's just sort of yeah. It's the point of it. It's the sort of. This is what I liked about old Wembley. You could never do but something not, like that. It's not meant for us though, is it? It's meant for like ten-year-old kids who have been allowed a Twitter account to do this sort of thing to, you know. Trick them into getting their parents. To be fair, it's the sort of thing Brendan Rodgers would get annoyed about, isn't it? Like if the if the if the arch was the other team's colour, he'd he'd bring that up in his post match. And, and on that point, I'm absolutely fine with it. <laughs> I hate Brendan Rodgers. Oh, me too. Can we just talk about how much we hate Brendan Rodgers? Yeah, let's go for let's it. Revert to type, absolutely. Yeah. You, you know, you, you know the worst thing about Rodgers is, and I because we we spoke about this last week, and I, I've been having a think in a kind of bitter, middle-aged sort of way. Um, it, it's, not, it's, not the, it's not the hyperbole. It's not the smugness. It's the goal celebration. It's when, when he, he does that kind of one arm in the air, cocky nonsense every time. I, I don't... Uh, yeah. I wanted to... Palmland Cantona. Honestly, I wanted to... I, wanted to I, I can't really... Not physical violence. Maybe spit at him or something, which is... Probably equally unpleasant when he when he when he waved the five. I remember when they went like two three nil up at White Hart Lane, mm. and he and he just signaled to the bench like, "Yep, it's going to be five. I told you it's going to be five. I just thought, fuck off, Rogers, yeah. fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we're talking about Brendan Rogers now. Um, Blair, in in uh, in 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 wrapping up, mm-hmm. what would you like to see 
from the from the game on Thursday? How, how you know? Are, are you going to be happy either way, or do you, do you want Spurs to go through to the next round? And um, do you think we can? Do you think we can overcome Fiorentina away? Obviously, it's a it's a weird one for me because I'll uh, I'll be influenced with my old man, and it, the whole thing will, it was very weird on in White Hart Lane. It was it was really really strange personally. First time I've ever been to the lane and not really been bothered when Spurs have conceded possession, things like that. And then hearing the away fans go absolutely nuts and then see the purple, I'll be honest with you, like I, it didn't bother me. I was swung neither way, um, and so it's going to be really weird watching in Florence. But I think. I think, I'm not just saying this because I'm going to get pilloried on uh, social media otherwise, but because um, I I think we all share a natural tendency to want the underdog to win because I'm going to be oh actually no wasn't it Seb was saying the other week that he loves it when when like Cambridge will draw United in the cup and United <laughs> will just like smash four past them and just, most people like people with a heart um, will want to see the underdog like do well um, and. I think once I'm in Fiorentina's home stadium and I see the travelling Spurs fans and hear those songs come from the away end and see the the, the boys out there, I, I'll find it really hard to be wanting Fiorentina to win. But then I don't know what's going to go. Um, I think it's going to be another good game. I think both teams are going to go for it. I, I know Fiorentina are going to go for it. And I really think the key to this to this game is, is in Pizarro. Pizarro is uh, either not starting or is nullified by... The midfield, um, the Spurs midfield. Then, then I think Spurs will go through no problems. I think Kane has to start, um, but I would say that because it's a big game for me, an even bigger game personally for me than the, the cup final, which is a bit of a weird one. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But it's like three three days or two days separating, um, you know, two ridiculously, uh, I think, high profile and cool games respectively I think it's a bloody good week again and I, I'm just going to be uh, happy if 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 I get to see um, a good performance from if not you'll, you'll be in Italy so you'll have a nice dinner at least mate so exactly I'll have, have a bloody good dinner yeah, yeah. that's it uh, before, I, before I go I, I just there was something I meant to say near the start and this is on the tangent so apologies but Raj you're quite a big fan of um, Billy Bragg aren't you yeah well, randomly, we share bass players. And I'll, when I spoke to Jack last week, we'd just come off tour, and he's a really good guy. And there you are. Excellent. I've met Billy Bragg before. He's lovely. Yeah, I've, I've spoken to him previously. He's a, he's a very nice fella. He, uh, he gave me one of his records signed when I had a chat with him. So he's a, he's a very pleasant man. It's, uh, it's very cool that you, that you, you share a, a mutual band member. <laughs> Speaking of your music, Blair, have you, uh, do, you, do you want to plug any gigs or anything? you got any gigs coming up in London or about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my coming... Oh, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, I'm playing, I'm touring again in April um, as a co headline tour with this um, uh, singer called Emma Stevens. And we're going to be in Bush Hall in April, I think on the 26th, might be the 28th. I'm not too good with dates, but I'm touring again in April and then, like, throughout the rest of the year, I'll be gigging about and recording and stuff so yeah come out so if it's not a euphemism if you want to see Blair in Bush Hall with Anna Stevens <laughs> come on down sorry it just reminds me do you remember that time we, do you remember that time we found the uh, the Game of Thrones porn parody Game, Game of, of Bones yeah they were there with the good old, good old days before Seb joined oh, I've, I've heard that pod 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Blair. Thanks very much, mate. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll maybe speak to you at some other point in the future. Good luck with everything, guys. Well, mate. Good luck with the music, I think. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Bye, bye. Thank you very much, Mr. Blair Dunlop. Um, I th- you are actually being serious with the whole t-shirt. I think he thinks he's taking the piss a bit with the t-shirts, but I actually think he's a very talented lad, Blair. I'm not taking the piss, Blair. No, we, we, we said this last week, though. We, um, I've, I, I, I've been listening to his stuff on Spotify. I'm, I'm um, yeah, envious and jealous that my life hasn't panned out in a similar way, but... But no, he's really talented. We we don't want to like devote too much time to Fiorentina because we've already spoken about it. But you know, it's, it it would be a shame to to get kicked out of the Europa League now, wouldn't it? Yeah, I um, it's it's a funny one, Jack, because I I think that um, there's a there's a case uh, we mentioned it with Blair, but I, I think there's a there's definitely you could make an argument for saying that you know one um one of the games this week should be sacrificed for the sake of the other. But I think you just have to, you have to, firstly, you have to accept that, you know, our, our priority is not the, um, the Premier League this season, really. Um, and supporting a club is about games like this. It's about, you know, knockout competitions. It's about the chance to, in the, Europa, in the case of the Europa League, potentially game through to, you know, the Champions League. I know it's a, an outside chance, but still. And, you know, you, you've got to, and if you're you're in a you're in a Wembley final against a local rival, as we are on Sunday, you got to throw everything at it. You can't start, you know, guessing about what may happen in one game or what may not happen in another. What are your thoughts, Roger Baines? Oh, Cos Cos will be unhappy if we uh, if we get knocked out. It's a competition. I'm desperate to see us progressing to a stage that we haven't as yet. Um, to go deep in the Europa League's a, a good sort of rehearsal for what it's like to play European football at a, a high level because it's essentially the level of side between that and the Champions League is is there is a gap but you know it sort of apes one another towards the end of it the um the quality definitely gets a lot better um so it's uh, it's it's a good good experience for such a young side that we have at the minute um but you know we've we've such a big game as well 48 hours later I, I pretty much said it previously but it's it's one of those where it's not a it's not a clear cut situation as to how you approach it so I'm I'm interested to see how Pochettino does because it, uh, you, you you said that there might be some people calling for his head after this week I think even if he loses both matches it's a ridiculous notion the fact that he's managed after a, after a year of being there to to be in such a position already is um is is a much better thing to take away from it rather than if it were to end in failure so i um i don't agree with with that viewpoint whatsoever um so i i mean it's it's a hard one really i want to win both but sometimes you you don't and you can't do such a thing so i am um, I'm, I'm interested to see how it pans out Raj, do you think though that there's um, I mean there are, there are tactical differences between the two games in terms of what's needed to go to Italy um, to beat an opponent who doesn't need a goal and also an Italian side who who won't play at a um, at a at a at a Premier League pace. So there's kind of I don't think there's a, there's necessarily a situation where we have to field that we that our best team in in both instances is the same eleven players. I actually think away at Fiorentina we could somewhat ape the sort of tactics that maybe an Atletico Madrid have or uh, or even we had when we played AC Milan away in, away in the San Siro where we don't particularly be too expansive from the get-go. We don't go chasing the game because it is one-all. It is quite evenly set. If we... 
give Fiorentina the impetus and have a, a belief in ourselves to be defensively sound and just keep them out for the large part and then maybe try and hit them with a sucker punch on the on the break or even a Mourinho-style away game where he sort of sits for 70 minutes and then for the last 20 minutes he goes, you know what, I'll unleash the taps for this bit and maybe that's what we try and do because we don't really need to try and fight fire with fire to get through a European away game. You can be a bit more savvy about this type of thing and you can do it in such a way where you're not going to be physically tired by the end of it. I mean, it's going to probably be emotionally draining having to defend for large periods and, and stay concentrated and, and try and achieve such a result in that manner. But it's it's not... It's not impossible, so it's um, it'll be interesting to see how we approach both the games. I think there's definitely a case of also saying that like Fiorentina were really, I, I was really impressed with them them last week, but um, that's a defence which is going to give us chances. I don't think I, I think you're quite right. I don't think there's a need to actually go hell for leather at them to try and force a situation. I think they're the kind of opponent who, over a 90 minute game, regardless of what they need from the actual tie, they're going to present someone with an opportunity at some point. Yeah, well. Let's fuck off Fiorentina now and just talk about what we want to talk about, which is a very, very big, lovely, juicy cup final at Wembley. Um, I know I sound a bit muted in saying that because I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty terrified about this one. Um, I, I don't know. I have a really bad feeling that we've, we've angered the, uh, the Mourinho bear and, uh, there's going to be a Chelsea machine show up and show us up in front of the in front of the country. I'm sorry to be so negative, but I'm I'm really terrified. I really am. And I was really positive before the league game, but I I, I have next to no hope for this one. I'm afraid, lads. Try and try and try and convince me otherwise, please. Well, you, I well, I, okay. Two things. Firstly, um, I think the Man United, the Chelsea, are appealing his suspension from the weekend. Um, but I would be stunned if they got anywhere with that. So let's let's count him out. But also, if you look at what Chelsea have done r- lately over the last few weeks, I think I said their last really impressive performance was probably away to Swansea, which is quite some time ago now. And they don't quite look what they were three or four months ago. Um, and whether that's been because Diego Costa's been suspended, he'll obviously be back on Sunday, or whether there's a little bit of... I mean, Mourinho's used the same... Not the same 11 players, but he's relied on a, a core group of players all the way through the season. So there's a little bit of um, a little bit of a similarity with maybe something that's happening to us on the Pochettino and that there's a kind of cumulative fatigue thing going on. But they're not... I don't think they're, they're, they're to be afraid. They're, they're to be feared. I mean, they're, they're a good side and they are rightly favourites and it would be a shock if we won. But, you know, I... Um, I, I, I don't know. It's a cup final. You, you, you go and all you can really ask for is that is to not worry about you know whether we're going to get humiliated in front of the nation, but just to just to know that you know your players have given absolutely. It's a cliche, but given everything they can, and that as long as there's nothing silly, as long as if we get overpowered by Chelsea, fine. But as long as we don't turn up and give a kind of like that five-one performance in the FA Cup a few years ago, and you know just don't do anything. Typically Tottenham. They've still never beaten us in a cup final, so we can we can look at that one. That's that's a nice enough one. Cling to that for the rest of the week. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually quite happy in a in a strange way that we've not looked that good in our last couple of games. I'd rather that we weren't going into this game kind of absolutely flying in a way. Oh, I think so. I mean, I I, I if you um. There's, I, I, I was thinking during the West Ham game, we had um, we showed all the symptoms of, of being a side who 
replaying a game whilst having one eye on the next week, which is, I mean, I, I know it's grasping at straws, but you know, what, what can you really do in our position other than that? And I, um, I don't know. I, I, I think there's, you know, there's, there's the hint that, you know, the players are focused on, if not just Chelsea, then this week as a whole, which is really positive and it's the way it should be actually. Um, and, you know, we're not a perfect side. We have flaws all over the pitch and we, you know, we don't have a deep squad. But the team doesn't give up. And that's that's been the most likable aspect of the season. It's they, they, they're, they're a side with balls and that's what you want in a cup final. How about you, Bainsey? How are you feeling about it, mate? Um, I'm not too worried about it, to be honest. It's, um, it's, it's an interesting, you know... Interesting thing to have to come across this because it's from a fan's perspective, you're going to be nothing but worried for an entire week beforehand. But given what we've seen from the side, it's um, I'm, I hold a slight hope for how we do. Um, I don't think we're going to get completely turned over. I don't think it's going to be embarrassing by any stretch of the imagination because I don't think Mourinho takes risks like that in cup finals. Um, it's it's going to be a massive test of how much that side are able to impose themselves on not only the side but the occasion as well. And there there are excuses present for Chelsea already with Matic perhaps not being fit, uh, not be, not fit, sorry, uh, being um, available due to suspension and Fabregas not being completely fit because he's been struggling with uh, muscular injuries. So it's, they've got, They've got excuses there and present, so it's it's one for us to really try and try and take by the scruff of the neck, and it's one it's almost like the opposite of the Fiorentina game because it's not one where we can really sit off and and give Chelsea the impetus because that's exactly what they seek from their game this year. Well, this is one where we have to overpower them in in a very similar sense to what we did at the turn of the year. So. If um, if Pochettino can find a new way of doing that and a way of doing that impressively, then it's it's um, it's going to be you know interesting to see how it works because Mourinho's not stupid. He's gonna he's gonna be sat and he's gonna have studied that game from the new year and he's gonna know what's coming for him. So he's he's well aware of how to tackle specific sides and for for specific game and situational management specifically, I don't think there's probably a better manager in the world because he does things, Mourinho, on the training field where he'll he'll set the team up with specific times of matches in mind and specific teams and substitutions already planned out and things in mind and he'll know pretty much his game plan already if he if he hasn't taught the told the team yet he's he's training them without really implementing it. So it's 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 a massive test for us and there's there's, you know, all the emotional things as well involved and it's not really one it's not like a normal league game where you can just sort of preview it and <laughs> and let it go. It's uh it's as I say, it's an anomaly so it's you know, I'm just gonna have to sit there and, and take it in and, and see what happens as best we can. But how great to have a week like this though. I mean, forget all the analysis and all the, the worrying. Just to have something like that to look forward to. You don't get that that many weeks like this as a fan, as a top you may if you're a Chelsea or Man United a Man City fan, maybe you do, but um we don't. And it's just a great thing. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm nervous as hell and, and, you know, there's always that lingering fear. But, you know, it's a great thing. How are we feeling about Lloris or, uh, or Vaughan, boys? I know I know you kind of spoke about it last week, but I want to be involved. F- FOMO and all that. Hugo every day of the week. It's got to be, hasn't it, really? It's one of those, like, 
harsh things, but it's one of those. Sorry, sorry, Michelle, mate. It's uh, well, he's also the captain as well yeah. now, and he plays. So there's, that's no, I can't, I can't make an argument for Michelle Vaughan. Sadly, it's head over heart, isn't it? With that, really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I appreciate he he, he played and 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 you know he's, he's been the regular in the competition up to now, but you can't you can't face Chelsea without Lloris. Do you think though? It, it, just on the flip side of that, could there be any further ramifications? Though, say we do essentially fuck Vorm off in that way and Lloris were to be injured or sold this summer and we find ourselves in a position where we actually have to rely on someone like Vorm, do we run the risk of upsetting him just for, not just for, but for for one game, for one cup? No, he's a professional. He should be perfectly well aware that he's number two. He should know that he's he's not really been exceptional since he's come to the club. He's not performed to the level that perhaps he was expecting of himself. He's not really challenged Larice in any manner. So given that it's a cup final, given it's a big occasion, given that the, the man himself is our captain now in, in all but name, he's, he's going to have to grin and bear it to be honest it's it's harsh it's perhaps not what he wants to do but as long as Pochettino deals with him in a proper manner and he sits him down and he explains it to him and he lets him know beforehand rather than on the day sort of lulling him into a false sense of security that he's starting or anything like that and he, he deals with it as a professional and, and deals with it head on he's he's going to have to do a job because there is the eventuality that perhaps if uh, if Lloris does get injured or sent off or something on the day then he's going to have to come in and he's going to have to be in the correct mind for him to perform and he can't be going into it with some sort of personal burden or, or anger because he's he's going to be there and, and going forwards as you say with the, the, the possibility that Lloris may leave at some point um, which is a very real possibility given how good he is um, Vaughan's an exceptional goalkeeper he's not World class like Larice is, but he's he's one of the one of the better ones in the in the Premier League. We've got two very good goalkeepers, so it wouldn't be a disaster. It wouldn't be like having to rely on Brad Friedel or anything. So it's you know it's it's not the end of the world, but it's we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. If we're going to think about the the team we are going to play, who who do you want to see lining out in this one? I mean, because we've seen Dembele is in this number ten role for the past few games, it just. I think the team picks itself, yeah. I think um, Walker, um, Dyer. I think the only point Ben contention. I think Danny Rose plays, to be honest. I think Ben Davies is going to play in the in the Europa League, and and Danny Rose, given given the game he had against Chelsea last time, and given that he's he's obviously been trusted as as perhaps the the number one left back at present, and Ben Davies is having to usurp him, it's going to be uh, Rose. Um, and it'll be, I think Fazio and Dyer is an interesting one because Fazio deals with uh, Costa very well, given the physicality that's needed. So that's going to be an interesting one to see if you trust Dyer in that. Uh, Vertonghen will obviously be there. Mason Bentaleb, and then Chadley Eriksson and Lamella or Townsend. So it could be one of those two. That's that's the only one, um, again, that's a possibility. And, and Kane picks himself. I mean, Blair earlier said that he hopes Kane plays on... On uh, on Thursday against Fiorentina, but there's 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 fuck all chance of that happening. To be honest, from the start, he's 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 on the bench until the weekend. Um, if we didn't have a, if the if we were already through and uh, we didn't have to sort of perform in that game on Thursday, I wouldn't have been half surprised if Kane and and Mason had probably been left at home. But given that we've still got a job to do, um, they're going to have to play. I mean, Fazio points really 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 uh, pertinent because. Of course, Fazio has played against Diego Costa more than just in England. 
and Dyer, Dyer has no prefix experience of playing against him. Um, so I, I, I've got to believe that that, that favours him on Sunday. I like Fazio. You punched him as well. So, you know, I'm sure that all, all this kind of crap that there's, that's being built up around Diego Costa, oh, he's a beast, he's this, he's the hardest man in football. Is he fucking... He pulled David Luiz's hair the other day, you know? Uh, you know, know. And he's definitely not 20, 26, 27, however old he's supposed to be. He's at least 40. He's, 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 um, I love, I love the way that football classifies hard men. It's like, all, all you really have to do is, is slightly elbow someone in the chest or, you know, stamp on a foot or, you know, you look at some people like Jordan Henson, John Joe Shelby, who've kind of grown this reputation. It's just such, uh, it's just bluster. I want to get them on. They, they want to get on a rugby pitch with Barry McDermott and Adam Blair and people like that and see what a real hard man's like and see what it's like to have a forearm in your face and a fucking knee in your chin whenever you're on the floor. So uh... I um I reckon that uh, Chelsea will start with Quadrado on the right. Um, and that, that worries me against Rose because if you look at his last few games, if you look at sort of not the volume of errors but the kind of errors he's made, I'm not terribly keen on the idea of him lining up against Quadrado or even Willian if he starts. I think Davis uh, Davis offers less going forward, but Davis is much more secure defender. Um, so I would, um, if I had the choice, if it was my decision to make, I'd be starting Davis in both of these games. I think Davis gets a raw deal in the games he plays as well, Partic- because yeah, the, the 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 player he usually gets on his left is not really a left winger ever because it's a second string. <laughs> and the poor lad just has an entire wing to himself to have to defend against, and he never he never comes out of it looking particularly good. And you can see the the root cause of that, and that's not really his fault. So I think um, he's a really good player, though. I, I think he's a really balanced fullback. I, I, I like him a lot, and I think he's um, I think for the money we pay for him, he's a he's a steal. He reminds me a little bit. He's obviously quicker, but his uh, his temperament and his demeanour uh, reminds me a lot of Charluca because um, he has that same sort of you know good head on his shoulders about him, and he's got a little bite about him because Charluca used to put in a little bit of a little bit of a kick every now and then just to let the player know that he he wasn't he wasn't in for an easy one. And, and Davies does that as well. He's got a bit of a nasty side to him, but he he'll smile at you as well when you get up off the floor. So he's um. He's good. I think he'll he'll come into the side much more perhaps next season once he's he's really established himself. I think uh, you know he's he's long term. He's going to be a much better player than Danny Rose is. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. We just got to hope for a big performance from uh, Harry Kane and from our our boy Christian as well. I think that's going to be. I think we'll be fine. We'll be okay. We'll just um, just just make sure that at the, the, at the least there's something to be proud of on Sunday. That's all we can ask for. Come on, you Spurs. Um, all right then. Well, I think. We'll, uh, we'll leave it to that because I'm, I'm just terrified. I don't really want to talk too much. I don't want to do any score predictions. And I just, yeah, I hate Chelsea. I can't. Honestly, the thought of actually losing to them in a cup final is it is depressing me, just thinking about it. it's Having to watch them pick up the trophy. Oh, no, just them. After everything that's happened in Paris, after all this stuff with Marina, just to see that just get swept to the side because you know they won a trophy would just be it would just be so typical it would just oh it just uh, well, stinks I'll, I'll tell you what Jack I'll give you some moral high ground that you can sit on in, in case we do lose I'd argue that for, for a side like Chelsea like a league cup is not something you should be celebrating but they will do nonetheless and they'll make fun of us for celebrating it if we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're entitled to like for, for us it's, that's kind of like uh, 
it's it's a big deal for a side like us to 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 knock off a, a Chelsea in the final. But for them, it's a bare minimum requirement from this season. Um, I, I, I cheerfully admit that I'm um, that I'm I'm clutching at straws and giving us excuses to to, to fall back on a Monday morning, but. Some, there's an element of truth to that. It's not like we haven't been here before. Come on, just, just muster the spirit of Berbatov. And oh, everyone said we'd get battered last time. Jonathan Woodgate's face. Big old Woody, I loved him. I absolutely loved Woodgate. Him and Ledley and seeing Robbie Keane. I know he's a twat and he did the dirty on us, but seeing his face as he lifted the cup and you saw how much it meant, because that, that's when Robbie Keane was properly Tottenham as well. That's when he, like, he, he lived and breathed our cup and loved everything about it, allegedly at least. And just sit, I don't know, it was just glorious. Oh, Tainio taunting Drogba at the end as well. And they, they, can, they can just say whatever they want, that they don't care and oh, blah, blah, blah. But like, it, it got to them. You know, some of them were crying that day. It was, oh, it was good. No one wants to lose at Wembley. No one wants to lose in a cup final. And I, I don't care like what the fans of any other club say. What if, if Arsenal went and won the League Cup this year... They'd all be going mental as well, and they'd all be saying, "Well, we've won something and Tottenham haven't." You know, everyone wants to win it. It's you know, come on, like we want to do it. Um, but I don't really know what more we can say about it, lads. Anything to add in closing? Do you remember that time uh, Jonathan Woodgate glassed himself? No, <laughs> I've never heard that story. Apparently, he was on a bender with his mates. And he got right pissed, and uh, just out of nowhere, he picked up this glass and just smashed it across his own head, and like properly, like bleeding profusely and whatnot. And um, it were in, it were in like local Leeds papers because it when we were playing here, and it was like a infamous story around these parts. And uh, apparently, like the bouncers came up to him and just sort of looked at it, and uh, he, he just went, I, "I know, lads, you know, I'm, I'll take myself home." <laughs> and like, just out of nowhere, just like. <laughs> Smashed it over his head. I don't think his brightest button in, in box is uh, Jonathan Woodgate, but he was a uh, he was a fantastic centre back when he was fit. I do remember there was a fantastic picture a few years back of, of him and Crouchy, and they'd obviously been on the Gurners one night because there's a picture of them just busting like the most appalling shapes, sweating profusely with their jaws just jauntily hanging to the sides, pupils massively dilated in some kind of you know, garish club like Whiskey Mist or China Whites or something like that. I don't know if you've, either of you have seen that one, but uh, I'll dig it out. I'll tweet it from the Royal Roast accounts. It's I haven't seen that. I, I remember the um, the pictures from when we went out after the League Cup in 08 and um, we did like 30 grand's worth of damage to the trophy. Oh, <laughs> no, really? Yeah. Uh, Ledley and... Um, there's that picture of Ledley King rolling out of some... I don't know some Essex nightclub with Alan Hutton and and they 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 kick the trophy around the dance floor or something. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bellends. But it, no, but it's fair enough. You know, uh, I, it's exactly you know if I was a professional footballer, it's exactly the kind of thing I'd have done. But you are hashtag say hashtag disgrace after all. Yeah, but it's also Ledley King, mate, and Ledley King can really True. do do what he wants. True. Yeah. Um, right. So if you want to listen to any of the previous episodes of Rule the Roost, you can do so. I, I I heard you struggling with this last week as well, by the way. So. Makes me feel partly useful. Um, You're useful because, as me and Seb said, uh, we just stopped listening to you at this point, and you just do your own monologue, and uh, we switch off. Yeah, that's all right. Don't worry. Well, we were also quite flattering off air about you, which we we we, we swore not to repeat. We would never record that bit, but we were we were complimentary. That's all right. It's, he, he's 
a jolly a jolly person to have around the place or something. One of those, <laughs> one of those like the. Uh, no, I'm not going to make that joke. Never mind. I'm going to move on. Um, if you're listening to any of the previous episodes of Rule the Roost podcast, you can do so on the Spurs Statman website where there's an integrated player. Uh, also subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us some... Actually, don't leave us nice reviews. Leave us horrible reviews because they're a lot more fun, really. But just just rate it five stars. That's the only bit we care about. But then leave a horrible... Leave, leave like a review, but litter it with like in-jokes that only people who listen to this will know, know references to. Yeah. I, I like, Make I like it as inaccessible that. as possible, basically. <laughs> Um, and also, of course, follow Spurs Statman, um, the boss, JP, at Spurs Statman. You can also follow our Twitter account, at RTRSSM. Um, and, yeah, I guess there's not much more to say other than, come on, the Spurs! <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 